0: Scuba Obsessed, a weekly podcast, we talk about all things scuba diving—from cool new gear to places to dive—and scuba the news. Scuba Obsessed episode three hundred eighty-one is recorded live, September thirteenth, twenty eighteen. Welcome back to Scuba Obsessed. This is uh, Darren Jilson coming to you from the southwest side of the great state of Michigan. Joining me this week, we have Mac, the dive mentor. How are you doing today, Mac?
1: I think I'm doing pretty good. It's been about a month since I've been on.
0: It has been a couple episodes, but, uh, you know, glad you can join us. Uh, You know, anytime we get to talk scuba diving is better than not talking about scuba diving, unless we're diving, that is. And also joining us this week, we have Jim Schultz. how are you doing today, Jim?
2: I'm doing very good, thank you, Darren. and how are you?
0: I'm doing good now that I'm back in town. I was traveling for work, and it's good to be back at the homestead where we still have some nice weather. It won't be too long, and we'll start seeing some of that white stuff blowing in nature yeah, I know I
2: well, it is the middle of September, so yeah, within the next six weeks,
0: yep. So I'm hoping that we can stall it out for at least eight weeks or so, but I wouldn't count on it. We could, I mean, we've had snow hit the ground before, not that stuck that stuck long, but uh, that kind of seems to be that just that week before Halloween where it can happen. I'd like to thank everybody who's in the chat room. We have uh, Derek who's joined us, so thank you for that, and also like to thank everybody who's been downloading the podcast. You're certainly appreciated. And I think we probably have everything under control. There are a couple episodes this season that are missing. I discovered another one where I only had half the audio for one side, so that will be a lost episode, uh, which is very annoying. so hopefully i've I've figured it out, but it's just one of those things where the gauges all show it's recording, it looks like it's recording, and then it when you go to edit, it only had half a half the audio. It doesn't matter. I, I run it. I've done it on both Macs and PCs, and it just seems to be occasionally a driver will hang up and you're just stuck. Well, without any further ado, let's go ahead and jump right on into the news. This is a short news week. So the first one we have up is, a, this one's out of Ontario. It says a trailer scuba tank stolen and it could pose a health hazard. A Roslyn Road business has reported a theft of a trailer and 15 scuba tanks. City police responded to the reported theft on Tuesday around 10 a.m. and were told that a uh, 2015 enclosed, this says two-behind trailer, but I think they mean tow-behind trailer, uh, was missing and 15 scuba tanks that were inside the trailer. The the tanks contained compressed oxygen and could pose a public safety risk and be an explosive hazard if mishandled, according to the complainant. In this case, do we think that they really mean compressed oxygen?
2: There might be some in there, depending on who it was, what they were doing.
0: Yeah, at first I would poo-poo it, but then fifteen tanks—that's not your average everyday diver who has that many. So it it would make sense that maybe it was a dive shop's uh, trailer that they hauled around, or just a very hardcore deco diver, in which case it could be oxygen. I'm confused when they are people reading it. And this is Thunder Bay, Ontario. How, how far away is that? Is that... Uh, uh,
2: I want to say the upper side of Lake Superior.
0: Okay. And then the next one, we're, we'll jump to it. I didn't make the show notes because I couldn't find a good article, but Mac found this one for me. And a massive floating boom is supposed to clean up the Pacific. And the question is, can it work? This one's out of the out of NPR. It says, uh, we humans have deposited a huge amount of plastic in the Earth's waters. There are now five garbage-filled gyres in the world's ocean, the largest and most notorious being the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, with an estimated 1.8 trillion pieces of plastic spread across an area twice the size of Texas. One of the people trying to figure out how to clean it is Boyan Slat, a 24-year-old Dutch social entrepreneur, who's been working to invent a solution since he was 17. His idea for a great floating system with a corral, the plastic, so it can be scooped out, is on the verge of reality. He founded a nonprofit called The Ocean Cleanup and picked a major environmental award from the United Nations along the way. Tech investors, including Peter Thiel and Mark Benioff, got behind his big, his go-big ethos and reported $35 million in total has been raised. On Saturday, a vessel that usually tows oil rigs instead towed slats, giant garbage collector 300 miles offshore from san francisco for two weeks engineers will monitor how the system handles the battering waves in the pacific before towing it 1100 more miles to the patch the system's centerpiece is a nearly 2000 foot long plastic tube with 10 foot skirt attached beneath forming a u-shaped barrier designed to propel be propelled by the wind and waves the aim is to collect plastic as it floats and then every few months a support vessel would come by to retrieve the plastic, like an ocean, oceanic garbage truck. The plastic would then be transported to the land for recycling. If it works, Ocean Cleanup plans to deploy a fleet of 60 such devices, which the group's projects could remove half the plastic in the Great Pacific garbage patch in five years' time. But currently, uh, Slat doesn't know if it will work. His team has changed the concept over time, switching from a moored system to a drifting one in order to act more like a plastic that it's trying to catch. They tested a prototype in the North Sea, but said the Pacific will be the real challenge. We believe that every risk that we can eliminate in advance has been able to be eliminated. It doesn't mean that all risks have been eliminated. Truly, the only way to prove it can get rid of the ocean's plastic is to actually go there and deploy the world's first ocean cleaning system. The ocean cleanup hopes to reduce the amount of plastic in the world's ocean by at least 90% by 2040. But but uh, experts on plastic pollution have expressed concerns about whether the project will be effective. And they have cited things uh, most plastic ends up in the ocean, doesn't end and end up in the garbage gyres. Based on the latest math, we think that there is eight million metric tons of plastic flowing into the ocean from the land around the world. This according to George Linard, chief scientist at Ocean Conservancy. He says that only around three to five percent of the total number of plastic actually winds up in the gyres. If you want to clean the ocean, it may be, in fact, be that the open oceans is not the place to look. Part of the issue is not all plastic is buoyant. A lot of it sinks immediately and thus won't be captured by this floating boom, it says Eben Schwartz, Marine Debris Program Manager for the California Coastal Commission. It'd be wonderful to clean up the surface of the gyre, but so much more trash in the ocean actually doesn't end up on the surface. It's even more critical that we address where it's coming from and how to stop it at source. And then there's the question: the project might cause unintended environmental consequences. Specifically, can you capture plastic without ensnaring marine life? We know from the fishing industry that putting structure in the open ocean will attract a whole community of animals, both large and small, to that particular piece of structure. Fishermen sometimes create a fish aggregate devices, fads, that intentionally create little floating ecosystems to attract, track fish. There's the worry that this could become a very large fad and attract a whole number of larger fish and marine mammals, seabirds that might be impacted by it. Plus, the ocean's cleanup system is made of high-density polyethylene, a kind of plastic. So, what happens if it becomes part of the problem it's trying to solve? I sort of wonder what kind of microplastics this thing is going to be generating on its own. And then, and then she goes on. Some of this sounds a little bit like sour grapes. And When you go a little bit further in the article, you can see why, because some of them are expressing concern that. Uh, it's getting uh nonprofit funding that they could get. So do, tracking
1: that for years, remember when he first started out, we said, let's see what he winds up doing. And he has persevered and he has got the support. Yeah. And I agree with you. This sounds like a little bit sour grapes. It's like he's doing something and yeah. they're watching it. And if it's a problem, he'll remove that part. Right.
0: And and this is a problem that needs to be uh tackled from different angles. I mean first thing is just to not get it you know out there in the first place but there's always going to be some amount no matter how hard you try so why not have a system that can that can help clean it up uh, yeah cuz we followed him i think almost right from the beginning so he's 17 he was uh, 24 now so it's been about 7 years go back
1: you'll hear us talking about uh, i've looked at that i've looked at the prototype and some of the work they've been doing
0: mm-hmm. it's
1: been working Within certain parameters, which is better than nothing,
0: right? Well, and that's what it is. Especially if he's playing and doing as many as they are. What I would say, and the approach that they seem to be doing is it seems to be scientific. They they try out uh, smaller scale and pieces and models, and and they've already adapted and changed it quite a bit. Uh, and let's see, how many did they say they he wanted to make? Like sixty of them. Is that it? I'm scrolling through the yet. place. And yeah. if you're
1: talking surface, at least us a start.
0: Yeah, but then when they said it, that... It, go ahead.
1: It would be interesting to see if you do get a following, because when you do put objects out there, you do have a group that actually does do that. But uh, my understanding, the the debris field that it will capture goes down, what, like five feet, five to eight feet?
0: Yeah. yeah, I don't think... tangled
1: not be an issue.
0: No. No, it's not like it's a net. It's, you know, they can swim down or blow or around. Uh, and... Would they prefer the plastic just be left out there? I so we'll keep an eye on this. Hopefully, we get some updates.
2: Anything they can pick up is better than nothing.
0: Yeah. Boo to the naysayers. Give them a shot. Yep. I agree. And then I don't know how to pronounce this website, so I won't. (laughs) But the scuba diving is to be the Chinese tourism's next success, and uh, the the sentence structure of this article feels very much like somebody put some Chinese into Google and it came out in English. Um, uh, but, uh, so instead, well, maybe, maybe I should read it. Maybe it'll, it'll be funny if I do. So, uh, let's see. This Is says, go ahead. in Chinese. No, I don't Now that would be funny, but, uh, <laughs> I, I think somebody would accuse me of being racist because, uh, everything I would say would sound like, uh, something from a 1950s cartoon. So, um, but they say the cultural history of China is what draws most people to the country with the Great Wall and Forbidden City, just one of the countless on-land attractions. However, every culturally-minded traveler are intrigued by the new burgeoning scuba diving industry. And uh, let's see, this is a town name Hebei, and its 350 square mile or meter catacombs give way to the Great Wall meets the ocean with sections underwater providing an intriguing past. What's more, Chinese firms are moving into markets abroad to spread the message. March 2018 brought the news that one firm had invested uh, $490 million, and it's uh, CNY, I'm not sure what currency that is, in the Philippine diving industry. Yen. That? Is that yen? Chinese yen? Yeah, that might be. Between this increased, increased positivity towards the market, improving global standards for scuba diver, it's arguable that Chinese tourism will benefit massively from it over the next few years. Scuba diving, like any physical activity, has inherent safety risks that need to be assessed and training given to minimize. A recent study published by Frontiers in Psychology made the recommendation that a safety of culture be introduced so standards across the globe diving scenes can be improved and headlines concerning divers' safety be reduced. Schools are now available in China with the hope of intrepid divers scouting out new locations. It has been noted that there are numerous virgin diving sites in China that require scouting. The cumulative effect is that arguably safety is much improved for diving in China and facilitating the expansion of the industry in new exciting areas. According to travel consultants Patty, which I didn't realize they were travel consultants, much of the South China coast is currently reserved for fishing, meaning that it's not a key area for divers. As a result, many are looking much closer to the shore and inland entirely. The benefits of this is cultural artifacts are being brought up from complete obscurity. Take, for example, recently unearthed 1,300-year-old Lion City submerged beneath a lake in Zeng Yang province. Curiously, the city had been inhabited until 1951 when engineers Projects required it to be flooded. As such, it became somewhat of a cultural icon as diving clubs explore the decade-old homes and infrastructure of the city. And then they go on and talk a little bit more about it. Uh, But China does seem to be, from a market standpoint, growing. And uh, as they start to develop uh, a middle class, they have a lot of people to join that middle class and hopefully eventually become scuba divers.
1: Most people don't realize how advanced China actually is. I mean, they have a tremendous automotive industry. Oh, yeah. Very pleased if you could sell your cars, Japanese and Germans, and nobody sells them here. And their aircraft industry is just taking off, especially light sport and light mm-hmm. aircraft now. yeah, They've opened that up to their own people.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. What pe- many people don't realize is that, like we talked about, you talked about aircraft, but even the space industry, China to date has launched as many rockets as the United States in the last, in the last year. And that includes SpaceX and United launch and everybody all together. That's what China's done this year. So they've, they've got a lot of resources, a lot of people. Uh, what they still have to address is just the disparity, uh, which we have something too. But they've got vast quantities of the population that are still uh, very low income. Uh, that that will that will catch up. You know, we're, we're already seeing some of the industries there looking for other locations to help produce because uh, you know as they as their cost. I don't say cost of living, but as their standard of living increases, so long does their pay. You look at their big
1: cities like Beijing, and then you go to the. The outlying districts and it's night and
0: day yes yeah the, the big the cities national bird go ahead
1: in, in beijing they yeah. said the national bird was the crane and they didn't mean the bird of the crane that meant cranes because of the buildings they were building
0: yeah how many how many <laughs> cranes they've got and and they they're building on a massive scale infrastructure wise uh, i think they're more modern than us in many of the cities i mean the the it, and some of that comes just from fresh building. I mean, when you've taken plots of land that haven't had anything going on and then you build it all new using modern technologies. Uh, like at atomic energy. Uh they're bringing like a an atomic plant online every so many weeks now. And they're 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 ordering one of each from just about all the companies and you bet that uh they're going to take the best of what they got and build it themselves.
1: Reverse engineer, and they've got tremendous amounts of solar power. Now, still, if you look at how much they need and how much they're developing, it's still way, way down. But uh, they're going great lengths to get. It.
0: Yep. Well, let's take a look at this next uh, story, which talks about West Virginia has said that uh, Somersville's lake is the clearest in the east. And uh, this is on the website Politifact.com. Uh, You said untrue?
2: (laughs) No, I said dive trip.
0: Oh, dive trip. Yeah, it says, uh, on August 17th, uh, Justice, which is Jim Justice, uh, according to Scuba Divers, Somerville Lake is the clearest freshwater lake east of the Mississippi River. This led to earning its name as the Little Bahamas of the East. Check it out yourself today. And Scuba's capitalized, oh, man, we know why it's capitalized, uh, and this was something that uh, the governor, Jim Justice, had tweeted. Uh, Somerville's lake is a man-made lake in the southern part of West Virginia. Huntington District of the U.S. Corps of Armed Engineers created the lake in the 1960. Uh, Justice tweet links to an article on westernvirginiatourism.com published by the West Virginia Tourism Office and Agency in the West Virginia Department of Commerce. The article describes the lake is great for swimming, boating, and underwater exploration. The destination has dive sites where rock formations can be seen 100 feet underwater. however, Western vision uh, Western vision Western Virginia tourism article did not offer a specific source for the claim. Uh, the news site contacted the office and they did not respond. when we reached out to the. US Army, Army Corps of Engineers Huntington District, Toby Woods project manager for Somersville Lake said the label the Little Bahamas of the East originated with a scuba magazine. We consider the claim to fame, and we repeat it often, Wood said. In Google searches, we found references to the nickname that attributed to Skin Diver magazine, but did not locate the original article. More broadly, however, Wood has no way of knowing if the lake is, in fact, the clearest freshwater lake east of the Mississippi River. Uh, The the website reached out to Peter Oliver, editor-in-chief of the National Association of Underwater Instructors magazine, sources, and he said from his experience, Somersville Lake has the same color as most lakes and reservoirs. You'd be okay, I think, to call Somerville one of the clearest, but that green tint common to almost all freshwater lakes and reservoirs, the water in the Florida spring system is what we usually call gin clear, since the water does not stand in small lakes, but flows out and stays clear, Oliver said. Meanwhile, Christine mccrennan of american water resource association told politifact that her organization does not track information about the clarity of lakes so politifact has ruled uh that the tweet is untrue or or mostly false so looks good from here yeah i'd I'd love to dive it but i do think uh, isn't there a lake up north that also people claim is the same like we talked about that just a few weeks ago.
2: Crystal Lake is pretty clear.
0: Yeah, maybe that was the one. So I
1: yeah, like Jim. I think a uh, road trip is there. We, we need some people to sponsor this. You know, yeah. our road trips. Yeah.
2: Uh, send a letter to Governor Justice and telling we'll uh, we'll validate it for him if he's willing to fund the trip.
0: Yeah, we could we could come up with uh, plenty of ways to scientifically measure. Maybe we could have somebody you know as a nominate a lake. Yeah, you know, as the clearest. And then, of course, we could we could be the judges. Mm-hmm. We'd get
1: a lot of hate mail, though.
0: Ah, I, I can handle the hate everybody
1: mail. Everybody would say theirs is better.
0: I don't know. There's We'll, no, I, like, like we'll you're be not,
2: neutral judges.
0: Yeah, because you're not going to hear me go, Singer Lake is the clearest lake. <laughs> I don't even now think we, I would.
2: It, if they pay our expenses, put us up in a motel, provide us with some cameras so that we can focus. Photograph the lake. That will give us our immediate documentation and back and, and make an honest judgment of what's the clearest. Of course, the motels they put us up in would not have any impact at all on our decision, but.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: You know, that's that's their option. They could put <laughs> us up in the flea bag or they could put us up in the Ritz Carlton, and that would, would not impact our decision at all.
0: No. So if you want to donate directly you can head on over to www.scubaobsessed.com. We certainly could use your your support and I mean, who knows maybe if we get enough money we could be diving at a lake near you. Uh, right,
1: Trent. From that yeah from that perspective though do you realize that the cleaner and clearer a lake is the less fishing you have there?
0: The the more dead it is.
1: Dead it's like uh, I was reading an article on Lake Michigan, for example, and one of the adverse effects of a zebra mussel. By the way, do you know how much a zebra, a single zebra mussel, can filter in one in one day?
0: Oh, uh, I, I know I have in the past, but I, I can't remember right now.
1: One liter a day or more. Yeah. And the last count for the quagga mussels out there, five thousand zebra or quagga mussels per square meter.
0: Yeah. Times
1: well, one liter a day. Yeah, No wonder we have clear water. And from a result of that, our fishing aspects and our, our breeding of new fish has cut down dramatically because of order for them to hide in.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's certainly clearing tons of uh, nutrients and suspended particulate in the water up.
2: But yeah, you'd think we would find, with the water being clearer, you'd think we'd find more fish hiding around the wrecks, and that has not been the case.
1: You'll notice you see lots of fish around the piers where you've got all the rip-rap.
2: Because mm-hmm.
1: you've got some, well, they've got places to go. they got little little caves to go into. We've been out there, and I've got 20-foot visibility off the piers, which is not too shabby. Game fish normally shallow. They're always deeper.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm, I, for one, am enjoying the, being able to see. Now, what do we think sure. it was like before... You know, let, let's say back in the 1600s in the Great Lakes, wouldn't it have been clear like it is now?
1: A different type of clear. You wouldn't have the phosphorus. You wouldn't have the runoff from the farmer fields, nor the industry polluting it. You know, you'd have your silt buildups. You'd have waste from, you know, natural forest products feeding into it, but it wouldn't be anything like it is now from the effect of being chemically polluted.
0: Right, and that would be more of the, uh, you know, post-rain types of runoff, or if you happen to have a natural forest fire in you know, the next rain, puts a lot of ash in the water. But yeah, I, I, I am in favor of the, the extra visibility. Not that I think we, it was a zebra mussels were a great thing for the ecology, but at least there is one benefit. And then uh park officials seem to be a little worked up. There's a Friday, the 13th statue skeletons under Lake pleasant. And uh, it seems like they have to go. For the last several months, members of the local scuba diving group have been putting a variety of large, unusual items in the bottom of Lake Pleasant that are used during dives. The items include prop skeletons, a Jason Voorhees statue, Christmas trees, a poker table, even a Volkswagen, according to members of the group. The Voorhees statue, an eerie replica of the hockey mask Friday the 13th antagonist, recently raised eyebrows and garnered attention on social media in the Amazon, I say Amazon, Arizona Reddit community. Uh, Zachary Nagy, a diver and member of the Public Air Arizona Scuba Divers Facebook group, said the unusual items are typically used as underwater markers by divers and are treated as personal projects. Almost everyone who dives at Lake Pleasant knows about it, he said. Maricopa County Park officials who oversee the popular lake northwest of Phoenix apparently didn't. After recently viewing the Reddit thread and a YouTube video, a couple of divers interacting with the statue Park officials are working to retrieve the likeness of the movie murderer, possibly other items placed underwater by members of the diving group. We really have to be mindful and respectful of nature, said Dave Jordan, Lake Pleasant Regional Park supervisor. That's one of the biggest things. Uh, What do you mean by respectful? They didn't get their permission. I mean, you got a a bureaucracy. And uh, somebody probably up at the top said, hey, what the heck? Why, Why are you letting these people put that crap down there? And, uh, you know, now they have to, whether they knew about it or not, act upset and try and deal with it. So now now imagine this dive club who is putting objects. To, and we and we see a lot of those around here. Uh, it's nice when you're out diving to have something to see. It uh, marks a location. Uh, but three
1: now, of us here. Now, who among us three do not like to go to Ross Township and see all the paraphernalia out there?
0: Well, how many... I would say we dive that twice as often as we would have otherwise because those objects That's, are out there.
2: I, I would say that. there's Out of that whole lake and all the parks and all the places you can gain access, the dive trail is probably dove more than all the other access points put together. Yeah,
1: Second most is the other one that has the items marked out for compass courses and what have you. Yeah. Why do we go out to Lake 16? Yeah, up you, on the bottom. Exactly. I up. mean, cars and motorcycles and you know bodies and skeletons and boats. Yeah. We, what would you go out there for? It's dark, cold, and dark.
0: Yeah, yeah. It silts it, up real easy. There's not. It's not a whole lot of redeeming features of the bottom of that lake to dive. It's one of those things you could dive it once in your career and go, oh, I've, I've been there, done that. But now with things to dive in it, it's a great blow off location. You get blown off at of Lake Michigan, you can always go to Lake 16. So this, the rest of the articles, people going on and on about it. Uh, the divers are trying to explain why it's good. The park officials trying to say why it's bad.
1: The whole lake in a park area? Uh. What I mean, a lot of places have a section of it where they got the public beach, blah blah.
0: Yeah. Let, let's see if we can. The Maricopa County Parks officials who oversee Popular Lake. Yeah, I'm, it's it's not clear. I'm I'm going to guess that, I don't know, maybe somebody out there in the, the area. Whole,
1: if they have the whole lake, that's part of their park, I can understand how they want to control it. Otherwise, they're going to have a hard time controlling it.
0: Yeah. uh Juana Taylor, a spokesman for the Maricopa Par- County Parks and Recreation Department, said on te- September 6th when contacted by the Arizona Republic that she hadn't heard anything about the statue, even though it's been likely been underwater for months. But Monday, Jordan said the agency had responded to the footage of the sunken statue and called it disheartening. I was a little surprised to see th- something of that nature, Jordan said. There's always a little bit of humor behind it, but at the same time, we're very much concerned about it trying to maintain clear, clean facilities for people to enjoy. Lake Pleasant Regional Parks and Maricopa County Water District on an— Ah, there's the part right there, Mac. County Water District. Is this a drinking water lake? Uh,
2: if it's on, in Arizona, probably. Yeah. Maricopa County.
0: Yep. Uh, on an unspecified date, we'll be sending divers to retrieve the varied assortment of items, which park officials consider to be litter and trash. What are the penalties? The specific fees and repercussions for things of this nature vary by situation. Mostly it depends on whether offenders are caught in the act or how egregious the offense is. Anyone caught violating Marcopa County Park's littering rule, which includes the act of depositing or abandoning garbage, sewage, refuse, trash, waste, or other obnoxious material, except in receptacles and containers provided by such purposes, could be guilty of Class 2 misdemeanor or evicted from the park, according to the County Park website. Jordan said his department tries the best patrol for littering with the resources they have available, but there's a lot of ground to cover. The size of the lake can fluctuate from 3,500 acres to about 10,000 acres. Yeah. The only way that's changing that much in size is because they are using it for drinking water as a reservoir. He said, cruise around the shoreline and trying to pick up trash, but it's a lot more complicated when you start talking about underwater stuff because it's not as easily seen. And it's one of the things you've got to really keep an eye on. Well, it's, Unclear as to when divers can be sent to find the Voorhees statue. Specifically, Tyler said there'll be a Lake Pleasant cleanup held on National Public Land Day, September 22nd. She said the cleanup will involve underwater scuba cleanup. Okay, now what's who wants to bet that that statue has already moved? As soon as anybody said anything about picking it up, I guarantee there's already been a group out there who has moved it to a location that isn't yeah. known by say, everybody okay,
1: else. To a, yeah, to, to another location.
0: Yeah, yeah, because this is yeah, it's, this, this is no this 70 win.
1: foot of water.
0: Yeah.
1: And 70 foot of water. How much time are they going to spend going down in zero viz looking for it?
0: Well, and then who are they going to send to go and get it? So, you know, they're obviously not going to, you know, it's now become government versus citizens. So you're not going to have this government group. What they'll probably do is try and find some agency you know, have to pay for them to come down to go out there to go look for it, and if it's been moved, you know, the the chances of oh, them so you finding it are pretty
1: To go out there, they get paid to bring it all in, and then on the backside, you sell it back to the other people and
0: yeah. then replant it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now you're thinking. how uh,
1: did I? Yeah, they,
0: yeah. They said this isn't the first time for Voorhees and skeletons. So A Phoenix couple in 2015. Claimed responsibility for placing fake skeletons at the bottom of the Colorado River. No charges are filed. The La Paz County Chiefs Department's allowed the props remain unless federal agencies have issues. And I remember when we covered that article, and I think that was appropriate. Uh, and then I said, that, You're going out to deceive people and make it think it's a real
1: skeleton. Probably correct. But when we go out to the places we go to, you're looking for them because they're part of your compass course. Yes, sure, I You know they're there. You're not going to be scared of
0: them. Yeah. I'll be interesting. I, I, my, my prediction, they never get it. And then here we have an article from India. It says, soon you can scuba dive and enjoy underwater heritage of Ujani Dam. When the dam was built in 1969, little was thought or given to the heritage that constructs in the villages that were to be submerged, prized among which was a temple estimated to have been set up between 9th and 11th century AD. Now, almost half a century later, the government has woken up the tourism potential of the area, holds, and tries to develop the spot on the lines of underwater tours, guided to visit the ancient city of Dwarka off the coast of what was it, Gujarat. Last week, in the behest of the state tourism department, the irrigation department decided to hand over 10 acres of land on the bank about 80 miles from Pune, for this purpose, besides the underwater relics, the tourists will be treated to the sight of scores of migratory birds that flock to the area, particularly in uh, Bhagwan. We have pursued the Water Resource Department in the past two years to give us the land and build a tourist center. Finally, they have given their consent and the land near Indipur should be available for development shortly. The center will have all facilities for sightseeing, while scuba diving and boating will be at the heart of the initiative and are expected to be the biggest draws. That's fall- on boat. Yeah. I think it'd be cool. I mean, if you got it, why not use it? i dive springs there.
1: Springs in Florida. They had all the movie sets underwater for a lot of different.
0: Wh- which springs was this in Florida?
1: River Springs in Florida. Okay. you started a lot of places with the glass bottom boats. That's where they had the mermaids. Uh-huh. If you go there and look, you'll see a lot of different sets underwater that they use for filming movies. Oh, okay. I would pay to go dive in that place.
0: Yeah, I'd, certainly. had absolutely. a
1: good park, and you had amusement, not amusement to, to ride, but scenery and a good line to go. People would pay good money to go out there and look at stuff, especially if it was up, you know, kept up.
2: You know, think about Bilboa go... Quarry. You know, it's a quarry. It's a flooded quarry. That's not you the can... only flooded quarry around. But Bilboa is the be... one that gets the most attention because they promoted it for diving. They've put things in there to interest divers. And, you know, it, it's known for its training and diving capabilities because there's things to see and things to do versus just swimming around and looking at rock.
1: If you're going to take a picture and you're going to take a picture of you geeking from a school bus on water or a jet or a helicopter or a dumb truck, come on, who's not going to do that?
0: No, I agree. I I certainly yeah, the the more you can give me the dive on, the the happier I am. Is that also the
1: same place they got that like little tunnel you can go through and come up in a different area? So you got a lot not totally enclosed space per se, but it gives you more different activities. Is that a different one of the different quarries we had?
0: Um, I'm not sure. I mean, White Star. Oh yeah, the rock crusher, White Star. Yeah, White Star's right. got the the rock crusher and kind of the ladders down there in the middle. And then you've got uh, over in Illinois, there's that quarry. doesn't uh, start with an H. Oh, why am I so bad? Hague. Yeah, Hague Quarry. Egg. Yeah, and that's got some boats and uh, different structures. And then you've also France. got France, France Park. France Park, right? Yeah, somebody just, uh, there's a, a, a Facebook group, uh, Indiana Divers, and they posted a photo of that France Park when it was actually operating. Yeah, you know, where there was no water in it, and you could see they had the rail line down. And it must have been done just before they closed it, because I swear that the the, bod- the that photo they took is just exactly what the bottom looks like now. That's also the one that's got freshwater jellyfish, isn't it? I haven't seen it, but, yeah, they, they do. But it does have paddlefish. So, Which are so,
1: awesome if you've never seen a paddlefish with its mouth open coming at you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, even though it's just eaten... Uh, Little tiny creatures, it looks like it could swallow you whole. This next article we have is a World War II shipwreck found in the seas north of Denmark. The wreckage of the German transport vessel MS Pioneer has been found in was uh, Skagerrak, S-K-A-G-E-R-R-A-K, correct? Was it Skagerrak Sea north of Denmark? <laughs> it's in the water. <laughs> right north of Denmark. Yeah. North of Denmark, following a long search discovery of the ship, one of the most highly sought wreckages in the region was announced by the Sea War Museum, Jutland, in a press release on Thursday. MS Pioneer was sunk on September 2, 1940. Danish and international divers have been carefully searching for the wreck for decades. It was found to be at a depth of 580 feet and a significant distance further east than previously thought, reports the local Denmark, which must be a newspaper. For us, this is one of the better-known shipwrecks, and there has been a lot of mystery about it. But it's great news we can now say where it is. Sea War Museum Jutland director Gert Norman Anderson said to the local, the ship was en route from, oh my goodness. (laughs) Someplace. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and you look at the from and the to. They're the same. They're almost exactly the same letters. They just jumbled them up. Uh, So from town F to town F. In Norway, with 832 people on board, when there was a huge explosion causing the ship to rapidly sink, killing 333 people, British information said this ship was sunk by a torpedo from the HMS Sturgeon, but Germany erected, rejected this and said it was sunk by a mine or due to sabotage. Well, hopefully they'll they'll have some photos soon so we can see uh, what it looks like on the bottom.
1: That's 1941, correct? Yes. Did, did you click on the link that says full story, local Denmark? No, I didn't see that. Oh, there, uh, okay. If you go to that, it takes you to another picture of it and some more information. But go to the bottom of that one. Then it talks about the,
0: the German submarine they found there also. Well, they, that's a better story than the boat. I mean, I mean, I like seeing a good boat, but a submarine. Yeah. Well, with my internet, it's probably never going to come up. The remainder
1: of the submarine, which is at the cutting edge of marine technology at the time, was found as part of the Sea War Museum, Jutland's work to find and map wreckage in the North Sea. The German U-boat, U-3523, was sunk by a B-24 liberator bomber, May 6, 1945, the day after Allied forces liberated Denmark from occupation. This was a very special U-boat. It was the most modern submarine the Germans built during the Second World War. It was highly modern and well ahead of its time. Only two of the 118 that were ordered actually entered service. Oh, that's not a good ratio. They'd get, no, they didn't. They, at the end of the war, exciting sub builds. Yeah. And they only got two done before the end of the war for them.
0: Probably pretty fortunate for us.
1: There was Anyway, the wreckage is nine miles from where they thought it was, so I got a little propulsion before it did that. But the pictures are
0: pretty good. I love it. I've bookmarked this so I can go back and take a look. Right now, I just have a little spinning wheel telling me that eventually it will see the article. Continue to that. When you go to the end of the story, there's another one that's
1: talking about an unexpected discovery plane that crashed. And they they really do link some interesting items.
0: Yeah, they saw you coming. They got them all linked together. You'll never get out of that website.
1: What don't you like?
0: Yeah. Well, that does it for scuba in the news. Let's see. I I have not had any recent diving, but we are coming up on uh, some opportunities to dive. I know, Jim. You you were up uh, north. How did that end up going? Uh, I, we may have lost him. Do I still have you, Mac?
1: You still have me. <laughs> I can't breathe breathing
0: a moment ago. Yeah, he he may had to stop and take care of something. So either that or he's muted looked uh,
1: at the uh, Facebook postings, and I know he did a good little bit of diving, but um, he really was uh, doing the mentor trip. He was helping people who hadn't dove a lot. I believe Karen got some really nice dives, plus a lot of boat time. I think he basically, were, you're the captain of the vessel. Let's get some run time and some experience under the under the wheel. So I think she had a great time, and I understand that uh, the setup they had at the house was really nice
0: yeah that that's the way to do it um and for those who i don't know if that that episode might not have might have been the one we lost uh but they had rented a house karen had organized the you know kind of an airbnb type of situation and they had plenty of room uh, they could have taken a few more people and that is much more economical than you know everybody two to a two to a room renting a a, a row of rooms so Hopefully, you know, one of these years, I'll be able to do it. It seems like that, that Labor Day weekend is a tough one, especially recently, to get away on. But uh, maybe this next year, I might be able to. Uh, and then I saw that Kevin was doing uh, quite a bit of diving and museum visiting.
1: Kevin could actually, I mean, if he just sat down and like hurt his leg or something during ski patrol activities this winter... He could sit down and get one book done already, which I'm sure he is thinking about, which would be the shallow wrecks of the west side of Michigan. Because he's gone out, looked for them, verified the coordinates, and when possible, taken pictures. So he could do nothing more than say, in shallow water from here to whatever, and he could do 10 to 15 ships. Absolutely. I mean, I have no doubt. And for some fledgling, you know, somebody starting out, that is ideal. Oh you yeah, get, you get to oh, you get to look at the bones, you get Great Lakes diving. All right, now he goes out to the bigger wrecks and deeper wrecks. So when you've got more experience, you know where to go, and that adds a lot of emphasis. I think when he starts discussing, you know, he's the uh, president of the South Southwest Michigan Underwater Preserve. By as much diving as he is doing, he is going to be in a much better position when he goes around talking to hopefully people who will donate money to the to the preserve, you start buoying wrecks like that, like that field of dreams Build it, and they will come. Yeah. Buoying the wrecks in the areas and, and providing better wrecks and you're going to make, meaning the, the company, the, um, the city around it is going to make money.
0: Yeah. That, the divers will go there. Yeah. That, then that's one of our tasks uh, with the preserve this year. It's got to be just to be able to uh, highlight the benefits of, uh, of supporting these preserves
1: the preserve, I know like Sweeney and um uh, John Naboda. uh-huh and the break wall again. That's a great dive. And if you're a fledgling diver again, you're talking under 40 feet.
0: Oh, beautiful. Yeah.
1: Right? Parts and pieces all over. And then you yep. go to the sea wall, that's 30-something feet down, and you've got three different layers of fish. It's it's really great. Yeah. Jim, I think you're back, aren't you? I'll let I'm you back. take back over.
0: Yeah, we were just uh, wondering how your dives up north had gone.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. My battery died on the computer. I had to go plug in. Um, they went very well. Uh, we went up to Thunder Bay Marine National Marine Sanctuary, which is located in and around Alpena, Michigan, and we dove out of Alpena. Um, we hit the, let's see, the Flint, which is in about, 40 feet of water, and that's just a steam barge, um, you know, as a warm-up. Then went out to the Montana, which is in about 60 feet of water. The Montana was a steamer. And it has a huge boiler. The boiler is probably 30 feet in diameter, uh, just massive, massive boiler. And then there's a... Uh, Double or triple expansion engine that's at least three stories high. In fact, it's taller than the boiler that's sitting there. And that's just incredible to, uh, to see, along with the prop, um, partially exposed in the sand. So that was in 60 feet. Uh, went out, trying to think what else we hit. Hit the Grecian, which is a steel freighter. Uh, broke in half, so we dove the bow and stern both sections of the Grecian, and that was in about 100 feet. And then the E.B. Allen, which was a uh, three-masted schooner, uh, that's in about 110 feet. And I remember the E.B. Allen because that's the first place that I saw a dead eye in the water on a ship. And, you know, for the, I think we've talked about it before, but a dead eye is that rigging that uh, would tie the mast and the lines coming down from the mast to the ship. And it's got three holes in it where they would run lines back and forth. And there's what they call the live side and the running rigging, which is uh, coming off the top of the mast and the standing rigging, which would come up off the side of the ship. And between those two dead eyes, one for the running, one for the standing, they would string a line back and forth and, that's how they could tension the rig to keep the masts straight. So, Paren and I were diving those, and Ted came up, and he got a chance to dive them. And uh, it was just a nice trip. We had a very interesting visibility. Uh, Thunder Bay is formed by a point that runs east into Lake Huron. And so, the wind was out of the south most of the week. So, a lot of the current would get hit by the point, and then it would get kind of rolled in because the point actually goes east and then turns south a little bit, so the current would get rolled into Thunder Bay, so the visibility inside the point was not the greatest, yeah, twenty feet thirty feet somewhere in that range. We hit the Grecian and the Allen, which were out beyond the point, and We could see the Grecian from 40 feet, and it was sitting, you know, in 100 feet of water. So we had at least 40 to 50 feet of of visibility uh, going down on both the Grecian and the Allen. Just fantastic, crystal clear water out there. So I was just sitting here as, you know, you guys were going through the stories and news. I was editing some videos that I hope to be able to show next week at the mud club meeting. So i got video of Ted, I've got video of Karen, and uh, it was just a, a very fun, relaxing week. I think uh, next year, my preference would be to go back up to the Straits of Mackinac. I just love the Straits and the wrecks that are up there. But Thunder Bay, um, if you're not from this area, diving the Straits of Mackinac or diving Thunder Bay or diving Tobamore, Canada, uh, are worth the trip to michigan to come and dive at you know it's, it's very clear water uh, cold water temperatures are in the low to mid 40s on these wrecks but with that cold water comes the clarity and it's the only place in the world you're going to find wooden shipwrecks sitting on the bottom with the masts still standing in them it's just incredible ships from the mid 1800s a lot of uh, A lot of shipwrecks from Civil War era and then, you know, the time of the wooden ships and iron men of the late 1800s, early 1900s, plus ships as late as 18, you know, 1960. Uh, You've got uh, very close to the Mackinac Bridge up in the Straits of Mackinac, the uh, Cedarville, uh, which is a fantastic wreck at a... About 110 feet to the sand, and the wreck's almost upside down. A big ore carrier that's split in half now, just about split in half. And so the bow is almost completely upside down, and the stern's lying at about, I'm going to say a 60-degree angle, inverted. So you've got to go over the hull uh, and drop down to the decks, and the decks are kind of upside down, laying on the angle there. So that's a great, interesting wreck. But can't say enough about Michigan shipwrecks.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I, last time I was up in the Straits, which has been a few years, those are some beautiful wrecks. I enjoy diving the ones that we've got down here, but uh, th- those are definitely in much better shape and, m- and more together. And the visibility, yeah. uh, well, not always better. It seems to be on average a little bit better as well.
2: Now, the last couple of years, the visibility in the Straits of Michigan and Lake Michigan, Northern Lake Michigan, has been better than up in Lake Superior. And they've always raved about how clear the water is in Lake Superior, but we had better visibility in Lake Michigan the last couple of years. And uh, we always, as a group, go up around Labor Day. Uh, There's usually room on the boats for anyone who would like to join us. So, you know, it's an open invitation. Just be prepared for. Uh, um, Most of the wrecks are are what I'm going to call swim-through. You've got plenty of ambient light. You've got uh, the decking missing, or you've got huge uh, openings in the deck that you can easily swim through. Uh, There are some wrecks that are true penetration wrecks, uh, where you're going to want a line and a couple of lights and proper training and know what you're doing. Uh, And it is, I can't emphasize enough, cold water which is a lot different than, you know, cave diving in Florida. But many of the skills carry from one to the other as far as not silting it up and having good lights and good buoyancy control and, you know, being prepared to do decompression. Not required, but you should be prepared for it.
0: Very cool. And as we're talking about people diving, I saw that uh, John was over at White Star doing some rebreather training.
2: Yeah, I think he's finally getting to the dark side with his rebreather, getting his training that he's long anticipated. Yeah.
0: So that brings, what, the uh, club rebreather count up to three now?
2: Yeah, three active.
0: Yeah, three active rebreather divers. So. Well, Mac They start you... placing the anchors on the wrecks for
1: the preserve. Oh, have they? i said that'll no, come in handy when they do that
0: oh okay it,
2: it could the only problem is with a rebreather you've really got to be careful about building too much carbon dioxide yeah putting more carbon dioxide into your rebreather than it can scrub out at one time
0: yeah try not to overexert yourself especially yeah. if you if you haven't been doing that with
2: your rebreather
0: yeah hopefully i mean the preserve's been working on getting our first wrecks buoyed uh hopefully we can get some yet this season i know that they got uh uh, several wrecks approved by the coast guard now it's just a matter of uh getting all the logistics everything together including the funding to get them well, in if place we,
2: if we can get the anchors on the havana we've got a lot of i won't say it's completely done but we've got a lot of the pieces uh yeah. ready to go in place or you know temporarily out yep. there that won't take a whole lot to make that a a little compliant wreck yeah mooring
0: I agree. Uh, we, I certainly hope we can get at least one done this season. That will give us some yeah. momentum going into the winter, and then we can get a nice plan. It'd be nice next year to, to step it up a little bit, and if we provided again the fundings there, maybe a, a wreck a month could get buoyed. Plus, you you reset the wrecks, the uh, buoys on the, the wrecks you did the year before. Yeah, uh, Mac, do you have a, a safety tip of the week?
1: Well, I have one that could be a little long. It's called... Uh... 10 scuba diving safety rules for avoiding emergencies. No, let's, let's go for it. And if we get too winded, we'll stop. Uh, rule number one, and it really should be, is good overall fitness. About several studies have indicated 20 to 35% of all scuba fatalities result from heart and circulatory problems. Style and medical conditions set to stage while the mental and physical stresses of diving trigger the event, usually in middle-aged men. In or underwater, it is usually fatal and often listed as a drowning. Therefore, other fitness concerns include recent illnesses, cold and fatigue, pregnant and alcohol, and respiratory problems, including smoking. So the keys to fitness are clear, eat well, get rest, avoid stress and harmful habits. Easy to say, tough to do. However, is not all divers, especially middle-aged men, to have a regular. Um, to determine whether they're fit for the stresses of diving, therefore that small investment of time and money required for an annual physical yourself and anyone else who cares about you and could, you know could prevent as many as one-third of all scuba diving fatalities, but without one, and we'll pick up with the other ones later. Excellent. Oh,
0: let's see. Is there anybody have anything they want to plug before we hit the end of the show? Well, you want to hit down the wolves a Saturday isn't that right, Jim?
2: Well, if you're in the area, there is the uh, flea market in the big blue building where we do winter storage. That's going on this weekend. Um, There's usually some good bargains at the flea market. It's uh, rent a table for 20 bucks and sell whatever you want that's uh, water-related. And then while that's going on, if you can't find your bargains in the flea market, Uh, I'm having a red tag sale in the dive shop to move some of the used gear that we've collected this year, and that'll be 10 to 25% off of the already discounted price, and we'll have a few other specials in there, like the spring fins that we picked up as a bargain and passing on to customers, so if you're in the area, stop by and say hi and spend a little money with us.
1: If you're looking for a second set of fins, uh, those that Jim we're talking about with the springs on them, those are really, really nice, so you might want to take a look at them. Even if you do already have fins, get you a backup pair. Following week, we've got the Ecology Dive that's going to be held in Niles at the uh, Riverview Park. So come on out, and even if you're not going to be diving, tour support. And if you want to do embankment, you know, hunting, meaning looking for trash on the embankment or wading, come down and uh, help us out and help out the uh, cleaning up the river.
0: Certainly. I mean the, the more help we have the more we can pull out and everybody seems to have a good time that day. I I can't remember an, an instance where everybody didn't enjoy themselves. I,
1: shine other than lightning.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well and I, I and I think we've already ordered the nice weather so we should be covered. Well, I think we are to that time of the show. Are you both ready? comments uh, that uh, somebody has posted about they'd like to have that
1: warning horn or something
0: oh yeah yeah, well, yeah why don't we quick <laughs> we quick cover that i i saw that and i was thinking oh we'll have to see so this one was from uh gene s and he said uh, i wonder if you would know what these are maybe the big one is what a appear used to be and i forward those to uh both of you guys and God i
2: saw them and I, and
0: I actually went on Google Earth to see if I could see them, and they looked different on the map there. So I think it, it'd be interesting to cross-reference this same location. But I, the way this is perfectly straight, it seemed to be maybe more than a pier. Is it possible that was a, is an old water intake?
2: I'm not sure of the location. I was going to look at it a little more. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there's a, a, definitely a straight line there. Which could have been a pier, could have been pilings, or may just be a rock wall uh, uh, used as a breakwater that is now submerged. Okay, we've got a few of those up in uh, in Sheboygan that we've run across. Yeah, because
0: you can see the the way the shadow, especially in this one. This one's clearer than the one on Google Earth. So that would make sense if it was like a a rock wall, and then the discoloring would just be the little bit of the. You know, the shadow caused by the the sand. Sometimes
2: go when, back, when our local pilot is flying, we'll have to see if he uh, wants to do a little cross country trip. We'll go up and take some photos.
1: That when we have done the coasties looking for wreck stuff,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: we have found that a lot of those are remnants of uh, around our area from erosion. So people have put structures out, but if you go to the old old plot maps, ah. Of 1850s, 1860s, when they were doing a lot of lumbering,
2: mm-hmm.
1: tremendous, and I do mean tremendous number of piers that were generated that went out up to a quarter mile from many, many areas on the beaches.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And when they timbered it, they stayed there, and they just got washed down, washed over, and sand encroached. Those are the remnants of old dockings and piers.
2: And where you had that old piers is a good place to dive and do some metal detecting because where there was piers, there was chain. Where there was chain, there was tools. And where there were tools, there were people, which means probably clay pipes. Right, Mac?
1: Totally. Oh, anytime you're out there and you find a pole or a post, you always dig around that item because that's when you're going to find something. And we've been up in the up in, uh, Sheboygan area. You're out there and you're looking, it's like, what is that pile of char- charcoal doing out here? Yeah. Well, that's usually the remnants of a, of a bucket, but they put all the coal and stuff in. Yeah. Like you said, pipe chards, items like this, little whiskey bottles, medicine bottles. Mm-hmm.
2: They got thrown in the ash bucket and dumped, in the, dumped off the pier.
1: You were at home, you put them in the privy, and then you covered them over with ashes and stuff like this to get the odor down. Oh, uh-huh. well, they didn't have to prove it. They
0: just tossed it in the water. You mean that that pail with charcoal in it that I was digging through for anything was full of poop?
2: Only if that it was, was in probably.
0: the ground. Yeah,
1: yeah. If it's in the water, it wasn't poop.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, cause
2: and last... it's fish poop, so don't worry about it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because last, last time I was up in Sheboygan, there was a, a bucket that had, you know, top half had corroded, but it was full of mm-hmm. ash.
2: Mm hmm. There are always, uh, you know, you find one of those, your heart starts beating a little bit faster.
0: Yeah. Well, then uh, he, he said at the end, he says, I love the show. I'm up to episode 114. So he's got quite a ways to go. So <laughs> there'll be a while before he hears this one. But like you said, Mac, his request was, can you bring back the warning horn before the joke of the day? <laughs> Maybe we need to do like a like a vote with uh, Patreon dollars. You know, we, uh, we could set up two different options for uh, similar amounts and whichever one got the more options would be what it would do cuz i didn't mind putting it in i kind of enjoyed it but i kept hearing the complaints from people who were driving in traffic thinking a semi was uh, about <laughs> to run them over so uh we we did intentionally stop that uh, but i'm i'm not against putting it back in one that's not quite as uh, aggressive to your senses <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe we'll, we'll find one something like a like a little uh, clown horn here here uh so I, I so are we ready now or did I do I have anything else I forgot?
2: I think that's it.
0: Okay. So I, I've got a whole bunch of jokes all simmering, so this this we'll go with this first one. I think this this one is uh about ready. Checking the menu, a restaurant customer ordered a bowl of vegetable soup. After a couple spoonfuls he saw circles of wetness right under the bowl and the tablecloth. He called the waitress over and said, It's all wet down here. The bowl must be cracked. The waitress said, No, uh, you ordered the vegetable soup. It must have a leak in it. Or mm.
2: <laughs> well, at least it wasn't the peas. Yes. It's
0: true. Ooh. I think we need a new one or another one. You, you have you, another one there? Do You have another one? Well, here's one. Okay. <laughs> And uh, you may have to explain it to me because I'm not quite sure if I get it. Uh, a woman's garden is growing beautifully, but the darn tomatoes won't ripen. There's a limit to the number of uses for green tomatoes, and she's getting tired of it. So she goes to her neighbors and said, your, your tomatoes are ripe. Mine are green. What can I do about it? Her neighbor replies, well, it may sound a little absurd, but here's what you do. Tonight, there's a, there's no moon. After dark, go out in your garden, take off all your clothes. Tomatoes can see in the dark and they'll be embarrassed and they'll blush. And in the morning they'll be red, you'll see. Well, what the heck? She went and did it. The next day her neighbor asks, Well, how'd it work? So, so, she answers. The tomatoes are still green, but the cucumbers are all four inches longer. <laughs>
2: I didn't get it. <laughs> nah, see,
0: I, I wasn't quite sure. Was yeah. You know, maybe maybe she's going to
2: pickle something. Or... I don't know.
0: So, on that note, go out there and get wet. And stay safe.
2: And remember no cucumbers were harmed, used, or abused in the making of tonight's show. But I'll bet the tomato lady thought about it. <laughs>